will fix you. Hello, and welcome to We Will Fix You. The podcast that your lawyer has just told you is actually a load-bearing component of your house. Yes. And if you would like to rearrange that structure or apply for planning permission or any of those things, you can write to us at wewillfixyoushow at gmail.com or at hauntedphonograph.com, which is the phonograph we now haunt. Today, we are joined by Mr. Dave Convery, your benevolent but inept robot overlord. Carry on. Mr. Erasmus Flounce, a haunted shopping trolley that humps your leg. Just tell me to get down if it's bothering you. Down, clanky. Down. I'm not going to stop. And Miss Clary Maguire, who thinks she's trying out an experimental VR rig prior to investing. Similarly, not market ready. The uh, potential morals of one of the persons in this week's dilemma. A questioner writes, I have an ethical quandary that needs some fixing. A few months ago, I made a brief foray into internet dating and had a creepy experience that left me a bit afraid of meeting strangers from the internet. I had been chatting to someone for a while and was about to meet up with them when they sent me a message saying that they had lied on their profile about a number of things. They were 47, but had said they were 36 because, in, in his words, if I put my real age, the algorithm doesn't show me women of childbearing age. He went on to say that he was looking for a woman with a PhD to bear his children because he wanted to instill them with the work ethic lacking in my own personality. He also wasn't single, but his partner didn't want kids, so he was looking to have one behind her back. He didn't think this would be a problem because he'd read that women who have kids aren't interested in sex, so he could continue with his current partner, again, direct quote, to satisfy my male sexual needs. This was followed by an incoherent and misogynistic rant about how women were to blame for his gambling habit because they had ignored him when he was younger. It was all totally bizarre, and I told him he was a skid mark on the pants of humanity and blocked him, deleted my profile, and moved on. Cut to a few months later, when a friend invited me to their party in another town. I arrived, and my friend introduced me to a variety of people, including their housemate's partner. During the course of the evening, I realised that the housemate's partner was, of course, the self-same dude who had sent me the incredibly creepy messages online. I have no idea if he knew it was me, I assume not, as given the high levels of ick in his messages, he was probably casting a wide online net. My problem is, do I tell my friend who, who could inform their housemate? I don't want to cause upset, and having met the dude in person, he came across as the kind of deeply weird and incredibly socially awkward posh person who has no idea of how his words and actions come across. He also blurted out a weird and 
cringeworthy question about whether dogs and cats could mate and produce dog-cat hybrid babies that silenced the room for a good minute. Hmm. I don't know the housemate, but she's a close friend of my friend. Obviously, I wish her no harm. So what's the best way to deal with this potentially awkward situation? Speak up or stay stum? Erasmus, bring us your wisdom. Okay, I, I've studied a, uh, a little bit of um, psychology. And in psychology, there is a term for someone like this, and it is terrible, terrible prick. Uh, is what we would describe in psychological circles as absolutely fucking awful. Now, in this situation, I think there's there's two schools of thought on whether or not it's worthwhile to intervene on his partner's behalf. And I like to think of these as being divided roughly between what can be called libertarian viewpoint and a collectivist viewpoint. Now, the libertarian view would say that you owe others their autonomy, that uh, the partner is an adult, it's not your place to take her autonomy away from her, even if it might be causing her distress without knowing. Uh, you don't know how much she is aware of his behaviour or whether she would want to know in any case. In this perspective, people are regarded as broadly capable of resolving their own problems and able to deal with the consequences of the choices that they've made. Now, the collectivist principle takes a different tack, which says that we all owe each other a duty of care and that we have a shared responsibility towards improving the lot of our fellow humans and of society. Uh, crucially, it says that the wider social context is more important than the individual, and therefore we would wish to intervene in order to improve society, regardless of whether or not this, this person would actually wish it. Now, the advantage of the first approach is that it makes life easy for you by absolving you of all responsibility for providing uh, any kind of solution. And it gives you an ethical justification for the genuinely very appealing tack of choosing to do nothing at all. If you do choose that approach, you may want to spend some time reading up on libertarian thought so that you have something to tell yourself if your brain wakes you up in a paroxysm of guilt in the dark watches of the night, which is, to be fair, a risk with all libertarian approaches to the world. Now, the collectivist approach does place a moral duty on you to intervene, but it is remarkably sketchy about how you should go about it. The simplest way is surely to spool the beans to your friend and to provide whatever evidence you have. Um, this is easy, but it does involve dodging your responsibility to make the world a better place. What's really needed is a solution that can help this, this prick understand that his behaviour has consequences and help him make a firm commitment to changing his ways. Sadly, given his advancing years, um, this gets harder. Uh, as you get older, your personality becomes harder to change. And once you hit 35, my therapist told me about 20 years ago, it gets increasingly difficult to shape someone. So I don't think this is a situation where it's going to be a, solved by just getting him to read a cognitive behavioural therapy book or some kind of self-help book called So I Think You're a Prick. Um, we need something a bit more serious. Have you seen the film Saw? Saw is about a serial killer who doesn't really think he's a serial killer. What he does is kidnap people and confine them in deadly traps in which the only way to escape is to perform some difficult and harrowing act of violence upon yourself before a timer expires and you suffer a bloody death at the hands of the machine that he's, he's constructed. Uh, he's unusual 
and that he only targets people who have done bad things. And his ultimate aim is is not to kill, but to force people to confront themselves through the crucible of pain and emerge a better person. It's a very radical kind of therapy program. What I suggest you do is that you kidnap this guy, strap him to a chair in a warehouse and construct some kind of rickety Heath Robinson contraption that will tear his stupid fucking head right off his stupid fucking neck unless he castrates himself with a rusty screwdriver in, I don't know, two minutes, three minutes. You might want to do some research on how long that will actually take because, you know, he's got to have, ideally, around a 50-50 chance. Theoretically, if he survives, he will have demonstrated a complete and beneficial personality change that will restore him to being a useful member of society, albeit an involuntarily celibate one. Well, not even celibate because you can get um, testosterone injections, but at least he won't be able to fucking breed. I mean, if that doesn't work, then it turns out fictional serial killers don't know anything about making someone's personality change overnight. Obviously, there are some risks associated with this, not least that if he does decide that he's not prepared to castrate himself, then there's going to be a hell of a mess to clear up. If you'd like help with disposing of a decapitated body of a sex pest, then do please drop us a line and we'll be sure to help you out in an entirely hypothetical and completely legal way. Our lawyers oblige me to offer a disclaimer. I decline. And you, Mr. Convery, do you have a machine? I've got a coffee machine. Will it? remove one's winkle yeah if you play around with the steam wand for long enough yes it absolutely would spicy so i i think you should absolutely tell your friend uh there's there's a level of remove there you've not told the person who is most directly affected but you've made it not your problem which both is and isn't morally laudable you have made it someone else's problem. But I think you can go further. I think telling them is the very least you can do, because I think you should also find interesting, exciting ways to apply strong directional sources of alpha radiation to this person's gonads. Because their quest to have children and their general temperament are so at odds with the raising of happy sprogs that you're only saving a world of heartbreak further down the line. Essentially, I'm asking you to become a vigilante, but very specifically for one man's genitals. I have some considerations for you. Sources of radiation are hard to come by. You're going to need to try a scientific lab or Amazon. There is probably something on Amazon. Uh, antique shops might have old radium-based novelties from the 1950s kicking about. There are a lot of things uh, where, where people thought that radium was going to be a source of robust health rather than bone cancer. Um, I haven't checked, but there might be issues about the sale of those sorts of things. But if Lovejoy has taught me anything, and it has taught me a lot... It's that there are some shady fucking antique dealers out there. So you check those guys out. You're going to want to contain the, the radiation source, preferably in lead, but with an opening so that you can irradiate his junk. And there's not really any good way of saying this, but at the moment, there is a certain amount of sort of radiation-y stuff going on. So please try not to get caught and prosecuted as a Russian spy. And as true as it may be, 
the phrase and sentiment, that man's balls must be stopped, is not going to be recognised as a strong defence in any court. So, um, yeah, radiation, sterilisation, it's not necessarily what he would prefer, but he has demonstrated an understanding of genetics that should preclude him from owning any sort of organs of origin. So I'm afraid you are going to have to attend more social events with this person. There's no two ways about that, but look at it this way. It's not like Batman wants to spend time with the Joker, is it? And you're Batman now, but for that one guy's dick. A strong fixing, Mr. Convery. And before we go gently into that dark night, Clary. Right. Now, as my co-fixer hinted at in his answer, this is really two questions or two problems. You have... The question of whether you should tell your friend, and you have the question of whether your friend should tell their flatmate. And these are really, these are two separate problems, one of which is your concern and one of which isn't. Now, you really do need to tell your friend, because lots of couples find themselves in a situation where one partner wants a child and the other doesn't. And to be honest, lots of men don't handle it well when societies put them in what is, yeah, what they've led, been led to believe is the female position in that, uh, in that problem. The role of the person who wants the child rather than the person constantly trying to avoid children. But this one, said a bunch of stuff to a near stranger on a dating website that makes him sound like Fred West. And this is the really important bit. Assumed you she would be completely fine with that. So really, you can't take it as read that that's the only thing he's done you you do need to assume that someone who is that big of an entitled dipshit could well be doing other stuff as well and that that stuff might affect your friend's life we've all we've all i was going i was going to tell out there but we have all had terrible problems with flatmates or partners of uh of, of, of friends fucking with our shit now my my advice would be to tell your friend what has happened, but not to tell them the whole of what has happened. Tell your friend that you're on I think you said okay Cupid, you're on you're on the dating website and you encountered a man who became shitty to the point where you needed to block him and that this man is your flatmate's no is your friend's flatmate's partner don't tell your friend the baby stuff at this point in time the baby stuff is 
Look, the baby stuff is hilarious and terrible, but the baby stuff sounds mental. And dickheads love to do things that sound mental because when you tell people about them, you are the one who sounds mental. If if the dickhead doesn't hasn't scattered a million other signals of, of dickheadery around, and you are the first red flag to be raised, he has almost certainly got a lifetime of experience in making sure that this just ends with you being, I don't know, sectioned or something. That That's probably quite far along the bad results scale, but he's, he's probably, if you're not a dickhead, he's probably better than you at calling the other person a liar. You leave out the baby stuff, you stick to the bare bones of the story, you tell that to your friend, you leave the choice to your friend as to whether to tell their housemate, and you just make sure you're safe and remind yourself that you've fulfilled your choice and your responsibility. Anything else is your friend's choice and responsibility. Ideally, shouting that out the car window as the towers are spinning and you're racing away. Well, it's not usual that we achieve such consensus. But I think if you synthesize our approaches, what you have is fuck this person shit right up, tell on them, and bloody well leg it. Yes. Do that. And with that, we leave you to dissociate into your component molecules and blow away on the breeze. Or whatever it is you do when, when, when we're not around. If you can be bothered recombining for long enough to hold a pen, then why not write to us with problems or questions at wewillfixyoushow at gmail.com. Or you can now visit us at our new home at hauntedphonograph.com. Yes. Goodbye, delicious, delicious fixies. <laughs> <laughs>